0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. And joining us on the show, we have Martin and Matt of Kan Black Belt Academy joining us all the way from Nottingham in the UK. Gentlemen, how are you today? What's going on? Yeah, we're great. Thank you. It's great to have you here. I'm excited for the perspective that you plan to bring and, and hopefully we'll pull out some some similarities to us-based businesses yes. but i'm sure also some marked differences as well before we get into the strategy and the tactics and, and all that you guys do from a day-to-day to grow this business tell us a little bit about what the business is i think context is important here and so shudokan black belt academy how do you guys describe this to other people
2: all right um oh that's a big question um uh- <laughs> So uh, what we do um, here is we uh, practice and teach a martial art called Aikido, uh, which I think in the industry is fairly well known, but from a, uh, from a customer level, a lot of people haven't even heard of it. Right. Um, but what we do with it is we, we look to empower people, um, especially with what's going on right now. That's more important, we feel, than getting into the details of self-defense or the martial art itself. It's just making people stronger in who they are and how they feel. Yeah. Um, certainly for me that's what it's done for me that's why i've stuck with it for as long as i have it's helped me develop a better version of myself um and i imagine when um, martin has his go it'll be similar
3: yeah yeah um my role mainly is uh, the children and um, we always say on on the kids class we're not after making samurai or fighters we're after trying to make the, the children confident enough to do the career they what they choose to do. And we've got lots of systems around that you know, to incorporate uh, good habits at home, good habits on the mat, um, basically get them ready for college and university, really. Like I said previously, it's, it's not all about the martial art. it's about making the individual happier in their own skin, basically.
4: Yeah.
3: Um, that's what lots of people lean, lean away from, is look at the martial arts too much practically. And it's really a system to make you feel better on a day-to-day basis. We're not all UFC fighters.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> and so there, there's uh, there's a fitness component to this. There's an art and a skill component to this. And there's a sort of bigger than the actual practice developing as a, a whole grounded person. Absolutely, yes. Am I understanding properly? Yeah, that's spot on. Okay. Take us back a little bit, guys. I think uh, the the origin story of this is important for people to understand how you guys are operating now.
2: When did this whole thing get started? So um, our our teacher, our sensei, um, our predecessor, he started this uh, this school at this location in two thousand and one. Um, and before even then, he was he's been teaching and training um, pretty much all his life in various locations around the UK. Um, starting small schools where he could and then eventually arriving in Nottingham and uh, creating this place. Um, I came to the dojo in 2010, I think, um, around there, 2010. Um, 2008 I started, yeah. Um, And then about six, seven years ago, we started teaching together. Yeah. Um, And then at the beginning of this year, we actually took over management of the business from our teacher. He's uh, gone into full-time retirement.
1: Good. This is a retirement is a somewhat novel concept for people in our industry a lot. So, (laughs) yes. Um,
2: so we we did it in a somewhat novel way. Um, Mm -hmm. The actual, the original plan was for him to retire in 2020, uh, but um, the world world ended, (laughs) the world ended. (laughs) Yeah. Something Um, happened uh, in between that that time. Uh, all of our plans got hammered and, um, everything had to get, um, offset naturally, um, offset until everything was safe to do so. Um, but yeah, we know, um, from other people, uh, you know, trailblazers in the industry that when, when the big man, when the guy at the top steps off, it's a very critical time for the, uh, for the school. Yeah, so, um, yeah, exactly. So knowing that, um, we did something, weird we did something different um we did a phase out so he continued to run the business side of things uh slowly ha- delegating responsibilities to us as he as he went uh um sort of moved out and likewise with teaching he was do one day less every week until he until before he even officially retired we are running the schedule that we're still running now so the students' experience has been identical. Somewhat seamless, yeah. Yes.
1: Now, now that you guys have taken over, what's been, what's been your experience with it? Give me sort of a 30,000-foot view. What's been your favorite part about running the business and what's been the most challenging part about running the business? You go first.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, it's very daunting uh, actually having all the bills to yourself. Yeah. Um, all the mortgage and different bits and bobs um it's nice having control uh, a little bit more on how you do things a little bit um some teachers can stay um i'll be careful now i'm not calling them anyway <laughs> <laughs> um, things need to move forward a little bit and try and keep the t- tradition there as well so me and sexy matt have um we're very chalk and cheap. We both do different different things, but in okay. the same in the same direction. So I think it's it's worked really well. We've changed a lot of the kids stuff. Um, we're trying to be fashionable still in the martial art that's not really that fashionable. Yes. Um it's it's been good, it's been eye opener. Every day is a fight, uh, but we fought all the way through COVID um that taught us a yep. lot that taught us such were a you lot. guys totally shut down at that time no fully fully operational i did classes from my back garden using uh, zoom and all our students logged on while, yeah. while we couldn't get into the building oh, so
1: it was remote though right yes yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah
3: i, was, I see remote classes i had a, a i've got a um 11 year old daughter who doesn't train she's a dancer and she was basically railroaded into being my partner. Yeah, she was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, With little to no choice. Yeah, well, yeah. she smashed it though. She did smash it, bless her. But um, <clears throat> a lot of people, since we've been back, have said that was a lifeline. Everyone was trapped at home, yeah. and every every day at quarter past five, they had the, the rest of the world, they could see their friends on the yeah. camera um really i think
1: if if, I, if i'm to understand this properly the the silver lining of this is that your practice doesn't require much equipment right they can do 100%, it from home. yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, we still have to get very um <clears throat> innovative though because there are there are certain elements certain details that are so it's so much easier to learn through experience rather than description and just oh copy sure me. sure um so i this is something that Sensi Martins was fantastic at doing is coming up with games that could be played through the camera that would allow students to still get a similar experience. They could still leave that session with genuine technical developments. and not just, I got sweaty and had fun.
4: Yeah.
1: And hopefully not put a foot through the wall. Right.
3: (laughs) Oh, we saw some funny stuff. Yes. Some kids flying over the sofas and dogs running off. Oh boy. I can imagine.
2: um, Yes. More, was, more than one stubbed on a coffee table yeah, as well. Yeah, it,
3: uh, it was fun times. At the time, it wasn't. But looking back, we're quite proud of how we got through, how in, innovative we
2: was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, how does your enrollment now compare to 2019 or early 2020? Did you guys lose anybody through that process?
2: Oh, hell yes. Um, so we uh, we did some some number crunching after we, uh, we spoke with um, uh, Cara originally. Um, yeah. And so, uh, before we um, before the UK went into full lockdown procedures, we were numbering at uh, approximately two twenty people on the books um, at the end of all restrictions. And so, this was having enrolled people at certain points during that time. Uh, we were totaling one twenty, so we lost nearly fifty percent of our student base. Um, but since coming out of um, lockdown, and um, as of right now, we're um, as we said earlier about. Uh, up to just over 200 students again. Yeah. So it it so, really slammed us down hard but we bounced yeah.
1: really well. The bounce back is is certainly in progress. Yes. Now in terms of longevity of this, can you guys go is was 220 full
2: or could we even go beyond? Oh no, no, um they 400 in the past. In the yeah, so the the books oh, have gone oh, up oh, in the past, yes. Um this was pre-recession numbers as well, so you know, as people begin to feel safer, you know, the, the, the incline is very possible. Yeah. So there's a lot of, of potential
1: here. Now, yes. the, the modality of this being more of martial arts, what's been working for you guys, especially post-COVID, from a marketing standpoint to make people aware that the business even exists? How have you gotten word out and, and people interested in coming to join you?
3: Um, Facebook, um, all, all the platforms, uh, to, be, to be honest with you, uh, all the kids want to go back to my first point. They've, they've been trapped at home with mum and dad and mm-hmm. they, uh, there's been so many people who are quite delicate, um, after this ordeal they've been through. Yes. So my top sale point will say sale point, my top help point was just rebuilding people's happiness and confidence and so we do like videos on games and badges and,
2: and awards mm. more than confrontational um yeah so we, sort of, we, we sell people the idea that we can help them feel better rather than yeah be john wick but but social <laughs> media
1: social media is the big driver of that is that yeah, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. a
2: huge help um weirdly though We've never had much success with pay-per-click advertising. It's just been us posting. Okay. And whenever we post on a routine basis, we notice a spike in inquiries, which then becomes a spike in enrollment. Um, Even if nobody directly quotes having seen us on their feed, it just yeah. you know gets out there peripherally. Like, yeah, I can never yeah, say that word properly. spreads. And I think... Uh, go ahead. But I think, sorry,
3: I think events, like we do superhero days. Yes. Yeah, Big yeah. Bring a Buddy Day. Um,
2: Outdoor self-defense. Yeah,
3: May the 4th, Star Wars Day. Revenge of uh. the 5th, Star Wars Day. And we just do techniques um, surrounding movies and stuff. Um, that's that's built us back up a lot because people bring friends. Uh, there's red belt parties we do where the first belt they get, they, they celebrate with their friends, have some ice cream, um you know it's just about getting people's friends in and l- let them realize they're not going to be fighting they're going to be having fun and learning yeah. some new skills
1: yeah and, and so it sounds like the more organic route has proven fruitful as compared yeah. to so you mentioned the, even that we haven't companies. had much sex or success with the paid advertising route let me ask you guys a question because i think this is important was that handled in-house by you guys or did you work with some sort of marketing agency through the-
2: oh, That was um, all the social media we've ever done. The organic stuff has been in-house. Um, I see. It, one of the skill sets I picked up during lockdown was video editing. Yeah. Cause that was okay. the main yeah. way that we could communicate with our students is we would, when it was legal for us to as a workplace get together, we all came to the dojo. We recorded tutorials and videos. I stitched them together so they actually make sense because we ramble quite a lot (laughs) Um, and then we post that out to our private portal. Um, And that that skill set has allowed us to carry on making small posts and videos where time allows. Why do you think it was
1: that that you didn't have success with the beta advertising side of things then?
3: People scroll. People scroll too easy now, I think. Um, We would get lots of armchair warriors
2: commenting on adverts as well, wouldn't
3: we? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't work. I think lots of places bombarding Facebook and Instagram with constant stuff every day that that works. It's just a constant feed. Um, but actually money in the bank, I think events and, um, walk buys have always been our biggest number. Yeah. Um, It's it's uh, proven a a, a better
1: return on your time and your money. Okay. Guys, take me to the next step. Uh, obviously, getting leads is just one part of the equation. At some point, we need to t- transition them into a paying client. Yeah. When someone reaches out, whether the source is Facebook or Instagram, a walk in off the street, they came from an event, wherever the event or the lead comes from. Tell me a little bit about that sales process. Who are they meeting with? What's that conversation like before they eventually sign up?
2: Okay, um, so in the instance, most of our um, inquiries will come through the landing pages on our websites, so we we already have who they are, we have a way of reaching them, Um, then one of ourselves or our receptionist, who is frankly amazing, she's Marvel level superhero material, um, she'll give them a call, um, and uh, the conversation at that stage is very simply, instead of me trying to explain what we do over the phone, why don't you come down and have a free taster? Um, so once they we get them in a
1: class to try it before having that conversation As I right when they're one of our kids yeah
2: yeah, when they're a kid uh, they actually join in with the class itself with a helper yeah Yeah. Uh, we've got an an absolutely amazing team of um, teenagers and preteens who are support instructors uh, as part of their development to do so but um, they're an amazing asset so you know if you run a school and you aren't using your teenagers in that capacity you're Letting them down and missing out on a huge opportunity. Yeah, it teaches them to talk
3: to people and to manage people, uh, basically being in the workplace. Yeah, but the adults get a one-to-one yes. on the back of a normal, on the back of a normal class.
2: So they get to see what uh, happens I, regularly, I but they're not intimidated by being dropped into this group. Yeah. They've got no idea about how to operate. And then when they mm-hmm. get signed, they have three more one-to-ones to make them
3: feel even more comfortable to join in. Yeah,
1: got it. Okay. And so they're sitting. We're sitting down, going over different membership options beyond that point. Is that correct?
2: So um, once they've had the experience, once they know they actually know firsthand what they're um, signing up to do, that's when we'd get into the the detail of: hey, these are the memberships we offer. This is what's included. Uh, But um, roughly speaking, we have three tiers of membership. Um, The one that most people go for, the the most popular choices, are unlimited, uh, which would allow a student to train every day that we're open. So everything apart from Sunday. 12 classes a week. Yeah, if you're an adult, <laughs> mental. Mm. Um, so they've got you know, as many classes as they can physically fit into their schedule. Um, they get a, a uniform to get started with. All of their testing fees are covered in that membership fee. Basically, they've got nothing to worry about, um, apart from their annual insurance um, on that membership. Um, our yeah. second most popular one, actually, is the other end of the scale, which is once a week, um, especially with... What's going on? A lot of people either financially, or they're actually already really busy. Can only commit to one lesson a week,
1: Um, and then we've
2: got a mid-tier one, or uh, potentially pairing
1: this with some other kind of fitness. I would assume, right? Yeah, yeah,
2: okay. Um, But yeah, yeah, giving people the options um, is a really powerful tool for us because then, you know, whatever they want to do, we can say, "Oh, we have option C will work for you." Yeah,
1: okay, makes sense. And then hypothetically, this person signs up, guys for you what influences retaining that member as often or as long as we can how what what in your mind is the biggest factor for somebody staying with you for the long term
2: it's (laughs) uh, it's hugely subjective um one of the things that we're really proud of is that we we take the time especially because we give these people i say an adult for example we've done four one-to-ones with them um so you've got their free one and then three more by that point we've got a very good handle on their motives their motivations their goals and objectives and their limitations so knowing what john wants and knowing what jane wants they're very different things but we we can expose them to different concepts on the same class so if i know that jane is looking to get some really solid motivation she's having a rocky time with work we can show how she can channel this in that way and then if, if john's looking for something that's more interesting than in the gym we can sort of show him how to get a sweat on but still do a martial arts got it okay now the first, the first, sorry oh.
3: sure go ahead the first 30 days is crucial yes uh we're, we're a grappling art form like judo jiu-jitsu uh learning to fall over is the biggest hurdle
4: mm-hmm.
3: uh, we're really good at breaking that down it's basically just every time they leave, make sure they leave without any questions and without any fears. Yeah. Everyone is only as good as the last class they was on. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what we have to work with really. Whether a black yeah. belt or a bull. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. just keep make sure they've got no question marks before they leave. Gotcha.
1: Now, guys, our, our conversation has rooted from how do we get new people interested? How do we convert them to members and how do we keep them? Expand out a little bit into the future here. Now that you guys are fully in control of the business and, and running the show, where do you see the future of this? What are some, some goals or what are you looking to accomplish here now moving
2: forward? Um, the <laughs> the flippant answer, I suppose, is we want to run a business that allows us to both be comfortable, um, but ignoring the selfish stuff, what we want to help as many people as we can. Um, so obviously, it's school size—the more students we have, the more we can spread the word. If you like, the more we can do the good work. Um, but you know, we, we've even talked about going, starting new locations,
4: yeah,
2: um, expanding it that way. Um, and for both of us, that is something that we, in the future, would love to have. Because yeah, at one point, we were a school among many. Um, and they, over the years, dwindled and sparked out until we're the one left. Um, and we'd like to go back to those days. Well, you, can't, you can't move on, though. You can't spread until
3: the, your home base, your, the mothership, is, <laughs> is secure and strong enough to survive on its own. Yeah. So it's true. We, will, we will never leave this place half, half staffed. You know,
1: yeah, there the, are no shortage of examples of people expanding
3: too soon and yes. then both
2: crashing yeah. and falling. Yeah, you, you, so you've got to keep yeah. the trunk strong. I mean, Chuck, apparently,
3: Chuck Norris had about seven dojos and they all failed because there was too tough and too spread. There's on. only one Chuck. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> 100%. He can't be at all seven. So it's at that I, I hear that, that sentiment far more often than you would think. In, From my experience, going from one to two is the hardest move of all. Going from two to three is much easier because we've proven that we can at least do it in multiple locations and we can recreate it now. But it really relies on having a powerful and and capable team behind you. It has to be greater than just the two of you at some point. So an interesting conversation to have. and, And I think it's a fun one because... This is your business. You guys get to make the rules and, and we can go whatever direction we want with it at the end of the day. You know it's weird because I mean?
2: this actually circles back to our point earlier about um, nurturing those teenagers. Because um, at some point you need more teachers, whether it's a full-time or a part-time capacity. And if you yep. wait to start looking at the point that you need that teacher, they're not going to be there. Correct. Um, you, you need to be empowering these younger individuals so that if they want to, by that point they're available you know some of these kids will go off to university and do great things in whatever career they want but a few of them have already voiced huge enthusiasm for doing this um, even as a part-time basis
3: yeah me yeah. too
2: how was that kid yeah
4: <laughs>
3: yeah I mean, no i think that's, old, that's I important that. yeah.
1: especially in in somewhat of a, a specialty or a niche market like this you can't just Go out and, and hire anybody and everybody. They have no, to no know agency. the practice, and sure. you can't rush that process at all. Yeah, right. Yeah, it takes years to be able to it's, understand and, not just and that, be able well, to.
3: Sorry, the, the Aikido. We wear a thing called a hakama. The teachers wear a thing called a hakama, and it's got seven pleats in it. Um, each fold of the hakama is a virtue of personality. So all the way through their belts, they're learning about honesty, loyalty um this is why they can be used because it takes years upon years for you to trust your career and wealth and money to somebody else who've had so many people who um put the knife in basically so yeah. it's really hard to find people you can turn your back on and it sounds really quite harsh but it's, it's, it's one of
2: the huge lessons we have learned from our teacher oh, yeah. um in the years he's been before we oh, were goodness. even on the scene um he's fought battles Who's the, the, and the result of which the, the the knowledge has been passed on to us you know and um, so whether it's business decisions or you know just how to treat people on the mats we, yeah. we, we've had the benefit of his experience without any of the um well the knives
3: yeah yeah anyway that's a bit dark <laughs> yes it is <laughs> <laughs>
1: a conversation for another day perhaps. Yes, yes but- Guys, that's a, that's a great, great place for us to begin to wrap our conversation up before we sign out of here. Why don't you tell people listening where they could learn a little bit more about this? You mentioned Facebook, you mentioned Instagram, how can people get to those accounts?
2: Okay. Um, so, um, on Facebook, we are, um, at shooter Aikido like, Nottingham. Um, I forget off the top of my head. I just send people URLs, um, on um, Instagram <laughs> Aikido martial arts, um, I, but if they go to our website um, uh that they'll be it's easier to find our social media through that route as well. We also have an online um, online membership.
3: so you don't have to be in Nottingham. You can log on and we can do Zoom uh, calls. There's so much you can learn over the internet. We've proven it already in lockdown. We currently have two or three students who are online because they're not in Nottingham. Uh, they've got all the wealth of our website uh, and all the videos sensing Matt made in lockdown and you can also buy like I just said video calls and we can teach you the footwork or weapons or the katana all different types of stuff so if you're not in Nottingham it doesn't matter Uh, get on the website or give us a call it it might be interesting it might not you never know until you try yeah. yeah yeah
1: Don't know until you try. Guys, I appreciate your, your willingness to contribute and, and your openness and honesty sharing here. I can't thank you enough. I'm excited to see what the future holds for the two of you because it sounds like we still have some big plans yes. down yes. the road here. And, and so I'm excited. I wish you nothing but the best and, and we'll have to reconnect down the road. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. So thank you guys Tavern, everyone who tuned in today. Thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords
0: out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but Look on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into
5: the next interview. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Montero, and today we are joined by Lonnie Weinstock Galate from Malibu Fitness in Malibu, California. Lonnie, what's going on? It's a great day. Just
6: my workout and my class and training some people, and I'm ready to talk.
5: Can't, that sounds like a much perfect day to me what'd you do what'd you do for your workout anything fun exciting anything
6: um well i taught a spin class
5: there you go all right
6: during my spin class we do some on and off bike work yeah so it's monday today was upper body so we did some upper body and core work on and off the bike and always finish with a long stretch and a little bit of breath work just to chill people out Yeah. we're outside so it was nice and hot and a lot of sweat
5: beautiful sun can't be that i'm a little a little bit jealous that sounds great to me so so yeah, I appreciate you joining us today. and looking forward to talking about Malibu Fitness. I know you've had the business here, Jim, for a while. So, so let's dive in. Uh, Malibu Fitness, I run into you in that awesome Whole Foods you guys have there. Uh, and I'm asking, what do you do? What's Malibu Fitness all about? What is like that elevator speech pitch you'd give to somebody inquiring about your business?
6: You know, it's interesting because I was asking a lot of my students today how they view Malibu Fitness. So from a kind of a little bit more objective yeah. perspective, And it's a community inside a community. We have a full fitness facility, of course. We have lots of different classes with amazing qualified teachers. And we cater to everyone, all ages, all levels, and um, just what people really need to be functional in their life and to be better in life and at life. So we have, like most big gyms, even though we're not really huge uh cardio free weights a lot of space to do body work classes yep. indoor and outdoor
5: indoor outdoor that's very cool a unique feature especially obviously where we are in the country the weather is usually pretty awesome so that's a nice selling point it makes you unique too now so we had open gym like you said lani personal training group training what makes up like the bread and butter of what you do there if you had to break it down by like revenue stream of those three products or, or services um,
4: We
6: have lots of different kinds of memberships. Because a lot of people go in and out of town, people in the entertainment business go on locations and they can always freeze memberships. But basically we have a gym membership, which gives you full use of the gym and all the equipment. And then we have a premier membership, which is all of that plus unlimited use of classes. And there's a huge variety of classes. So the premier is more expensive. So that makes up for more. People can join monthly, they can join by the year, they can pay up front, um, and they can just do the auto draw. Most people do the auto draw, we call it EFT, the electronic funds. Sure. Uh-huh. And, um, Sorry. That keeps us rolling.
5: Yeah, 100%. How, how many times have you changed your setup uh, from that model structure over the years? Have you been in this billing structure for a while? Have you tried different avenues, different approaches, best practices?
6: Well, at the beginning, which in like the cave days, we didn't have computers. There was no digital marketing. There was none of that. So it was just basically checks and cash. And now that we have a system, most people, we change, we vary the prices a little bit. And sometimes we also do class packages for people that just come in and do classes. So we change it a little bit. If there's a need, obviously we, monitor the pricing and it goes up as everything else goes up a little bit. But we're pretty much stick to this for the last uh, say 10 years.
5: Okay. Yeah, and I wanna talk about personal training here in a bit, but you just brought up like the digital side of things. Obviously things have changed a lot in this industry over the past few decades, right? Even when I had my gym started at 2009, a lot of, a lot has changed from then till now. So like from a marketing perspective, from getting new faces in the door, how do you guys go about doing that to get it, to get it consistently new faces in the door in front of you?
6: At this point, I want to say primarily it's word of mouth. Yeah. We're a small community for the most part. Right. Most everybody knows we're here. We've been here for 36 years. Right. I grew up here. Uh, so I know a lot of people and the people that work for me know a lot of people and it's a community. Yeah. Well, When people talk about town, I think for the most part, they know we exist. Right. And We use, now we use Facebook and Instagram and we do things like that. Sometimes we'll get some notoriety in the magazines and the papers that are local. We really have a local, we don't draw people in from other areas. We did during COVID because we were open, because we have an outdoor facility, but mostly it's word of mouth. Okay. Back in the day, we had to do a little bit more for marketing because we were newer when we started.
5: Yeah. Um, we I make mean, a
4: presence
5: 100%. Yeah, you've been there for a while. Uh, you're well known in your community. Malibu is not a huge area, right? It's not a massive town, so it's small. Smaller. What is the pop? Do you even know the population? I'm not even sure what it is. 20, 23
6: or 26,000, they say, but you know, that hasn't changed since I was a kid. So right. I don't know I think it's people that are permanent residents. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that have duplicate houses. So, sure, sure.
5: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so the marketing approach will definitely be different than say you're a brand new gym just starting out like you know in a big city so different approach with um you know with everybody having their cell phone and computer with them all the time <clears throat> do you guys have a social media philosophy or strategy for the business
6: yeah i do have uh, one person in particular there's a few others that, that add in a bit uh, she does most of the social media she used to work at the front desk She's also a fitness person. So she comes to the gym three, four times a week, or we will send her pictures, group classes, individuals. She'll do routines with other people that she can show online for people to follow. So she's really good. If there's special events going on, she'll share that. And uh, she's, markets our clothing through Instagram. So I kind of let, let her be the guy yeah. and show her a little bit. My manager
5: does a bit as well,
4: who is my son.
5: Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely want to talk about that. But yeah, I love your shirt too. So, you're talking about your, your apparel there, I've been to the go line. Your shirt's awesome. Logo. Yeah. I'd wear that all day long. That's a great shirt. And, this stuff, yeah. Yeah. And like, obviously, uh, social media, a good way to sell those. And it's like free marketing, members wear it around town, all that good stuff. So, um, you just mentioned there your team, your manager, or your social media coach and manager there and the manager of a club, being your son. I'm sure your role, let's go over your role first. I'm sure it's changed a lot over the years. Uh, today, what is it? Middle, early, early, mid-August, 2022. What is your role like day-to-day, lining in the business? I know you said you're still coaching a bit and all that good stuff. What is, What is your day-to-day role like at this point?
6: Uh, my day-to-day is training people and teaching classes and okay. just overall viewing. I'm at the gym every day. Sometimes on the weekend, sometimes not, just doing my own workout. And I oversee everything, making sure the front desk staff is is on it. I look at the reports that go in every day, who's coming in and who's coming out, how many people are in each class, besides just doing my own work with my own clients. I have a wide range of different people that I train. Some I've been training for 30 years, some I've been training for five or one. Yeah, So sure. I will, we have a, a, a lot of people that have stayed with us.
5: I believe. Since believe- the
6: beginning of time. I want to yes. say probably the youngest person in there might be 13. The oldest person is 96.
5: That's very cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, so yeah, serving everybody in a community. How many clients uh, are you training right now?
6: Um, it could be anywhere from four to eight people a day.
5: Oh, wow. Nice. It just varies. Yeah. And you from town. You love doing it, right? It's kind of in the blood, so to speak.
6: I love it. And I'm still doing a few people on Zoom, too. So this morning, I woke up with someone at 7 in the morning, went yeah. and taught an 8 o'clock spin class, trained a few more people, cut my day a little short for you.
5: Oh, um, so, yeah. yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah, and you, brought, you just brought up Zoom there. So we talked about the C word, the COVID word, which, you know, try to not talk about anymore, but it was a huge part of this industry, right? So but some good stuff came out of it, I think. Like, like Zoom, we just said, training clients, kind of talked about digital media a few minutes ago. Is that something you're doing before COVID or is that something you've uh, installed in the business after moving forward here?
6: We've had a little bit of that before, like a YouTube channel, Malibu Fitness YouTube, where we'll put teachers on. But when COVID hit, for sure, we jumped in a lot bigger. When the gym was completely closed down, the teachers came in and still taught their classes. And we allowed all the paying members to have access to that so that they could still take their favorite classes. I gave out all my spin bikes to my clients and I went into the gym by myself with someone recording me on Zoom and taught all my classes. All my spin people stayed with me. Some of them still have some bikes yeah. And they do it at home because they still don't feel comfortable. And then I have people in that moved away that are in Oregon and Arizona and in Telluride, Colorado, all over the place. So they bought their own bikes right. and they still Zoom with me Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And awesome. other classes as well. Yeah, so, awesome. yeah that, that did make a difference. And a lot of times someone will come to take one class and they'll want to stay home and do the Pilates mat class at home
4: right.
5: so
6: they can right. access us.
5: Yeah, and uh, obviously, yeah, it's, those classes are all things we can do remotely, and you can reach more people, if people move away, <coughs> something like COVID happens, still serve our clients, which is awesome, and it lends to, I think, awesome retention numbers as well, and obviously being in the community there for, th- for 30 plus years. Skip around here a bit, Lonnie, but your team, besides yourself, we talked about your social media, your son is a manager, talk us through how your team is built out, and maybe some of the roles of each person, and, and just how that helps the business overall.
6: Um, well, I have my front desk staff. Most of them are all fitness people. And what I love about them is that often they've been members of the gym and then they start inquiring. They're kind of more on the younger side. I want to say anywhere from 20 to 35. And then I have someone that's in his 50s and he's been at the gym for a long time. And they believe in Malibu Fitness like I do. So they, they can sell what they believe in. They love fitness. They love Malibu Fitness for the community, family, their friends, are all part of it. So that's my front desk. And they're the first face that you meet in the morning and usually there to say goodbye and hello. I mean, goodbye, how was your workout? (laughs) So I think that's really important um, because they're the people that are answering the phone and selling the memberships and keeping the members happy, receiving the complaints or the suggestions or whatever kind of feedback. So I have those people. Some of those people are also teachers and trainers, a few of them. Yeah. Um, and then I have my teaching staff, some of that have been with me when I started the gym in 1986. So they're old like me, but they're fit and they're super enthusiastic and they're obviously passionate because they love what they do and they've been at it for, forever. Um, and then I have other teachers that are younger that have been shown to be quality teachers most of all my teachers what I love about them is that they're very well studied they they don't just go and get a certification online and then become a teacher they've had years of practice and they work with a lot of different people people that are athletic people that are older people that have been through all sorts of injuries so they really know how to cater and modify in their classes so I love my teachers and they keep my members happy because they know how to change it up, mix it up, and go with the flow. Yeah. And then I have oh. my trainers. My trainers are all independent contractors, okay. so I don't pay them. But the people that they train have to be members. They either for a day ba- day pass or most of them are gym members. They actually pay rent to the gym because they are, are working out of my facility. Got it. Okay. And, um, there's a quite a variety of. Yeah. You've probably seen them online, and some of them specialize in certain things, like my Pilates trainers. Right, um, right. Different than the bodybuilder types.
5: With the yeah, I appreciate appreciate breaking down that. Sounds like you have a great team there, educated team, which I think is super important. You know, mm-hmm. guess, especially for this longevity. With the personal training side of things, have you always done it the independent route? Have you ever done the W two side of things?
6: I've always done the independent route. Okay. because the, the trainers go out and they seek out their own members so they bring people in Got it. Okay. my teachers are all, all sure. but yeah the trainers work independently they may go to people's homes they might go to other gyms and they bring their trainer their their clients as as well to malibu fitness
5: yeah and what is like uh as far as like the scene for personal training in malibu at your gym uh, it's a higher ticket item than probably most areas of the country is that correct
6: yeah as far as pricing
5: price point, price
6: point. yeah yeah i want to say anywhere from 75 to 150 an hour
4: okay all right
6: all right so it might be in line it depends yeah. on the trainer sometimes the trainer will train two people at a time maybe a husband and wife or two friends or three guys want to hang out together so they may charge a different rate a little bit higher because they yeah. all pitch in but that's about the range okay.
5: okay yeah yeah so not nothing too crazy there yeah so with With your classes, with your open gym, with you being there for the amount of time you guys have been, I'm sure you've seen a lot of your life cycle to the average client. Are you seeing people leave, especially let's go the last couple of years, last year and a half since, you know, COVID happened, all that stuff in California. You know, you were hit with lockdowns, a lot of those, harder than we were here. So what's like the last two years been for you from a retention, attrition standpoint?
6: Um, We've had a challenging few years. I don't know if you knew about the California fires. We got wiped out. I've lived yeah. in Malibu my whole life. Yeah, sure. We've been through many fires, evacuated. Yeah. Like that last fire right. in 2018, right. it closed us down. We had no power. Malibu was closed down. Yeah. Um, and obviously the gym was closed for a period of time. Um, we had to clean it up. We had a lot of smoke damage, luckily. We didn't burn. It burned all around us. A lot of people left the area. Sure. because. Hundreds of homes and families lost their places sure. to live. Um, so that was the first hurdle. Yeah. We got through it and people came back. People were so happy, especially the ones that lost their homes that were renting and rebuilding because they felt like this was their second home. Yeah. And I was really happy to be there for them. So that was a hurdle. Yeah. And then, boom, here comes COVID, yeah. way more devastating.
4: Right. right. There was the whole
6: fear element. Right. So people were afraid. Um, we were shut down of course and then we were able to open the outdoors so we moved all the classes outdoors we brought all our equipment out brought it back in we have a big patio we have ocean and mountain views which is nice we put an overhang for the heat for the sun and it it came back i want to say in the last eight to six months the gym's come back fully awesome been great and i think people treasure it more we have a lot younger people. That's what kind of kept us surviving through COVID. It was pretty devastating as far as the revenue and having to put my personal money into the gym to keep it alive, because I I saw my rent, as you can imagine, it's quite expensive out here. Uh, So it was super challenging. All the staff rose to the top and did whatever they could. All my teachers came in, like I said, to do Zoom classes. And we slowly came back. Now we're able to upgrade a little bit, did a little remodeling, got some new equipment. And the young people, because they were Zooming college or high school and they were less fearful, they were my bread and butter. The the older crew that stayed away, that was always my bread and butter, canceled, froze their memberships. Now they're back, and then I have a whole young crew as well. So it seems to be doing pretty well now.
5: Yeah, so you're back to uh, pre-COVID levels, membership-wise, revenue, which is awesome. So like, you just laid out two challenges there is that we have no control over, right? It's environmental stuff that we yeah. obviously have no control over. So uh, control if you can, back better than ever. With that being said, Lonnie, at this point in time, where do you foresee or what is the biggest opportunity that you at Malibu Fitness is looking to Kind of sees and capitalize on.
6: What I what I look at over the years, especially with how the industry has changed and evolved, and so much more education. So we're always, like I said, upgrading right. educationally. I require all my teachers to do a continuing education, as myself and the trainers. I encourage that. Adding new classes, changing things up, adding new equipment. We don't do as much machine work anymore. We do a lot more body work and a lot more functionality. Right. So we're trying to educate the community, our members, as well as the staff to keep them upgrading and feeling good. If the customers, the members feel good and they're healthier and they're fit and they know the right things to do. I think that helps a lot. We, I I hope to expand my, merchandise more because it's a great logo. People love it all over the world. When I have people that travel, they always wanna buy it or they want me to send it to them. So that's, that's a whole another division that is not really my forte, but I can get people to do that for me. My son will be taking over the business at some point. He's a group trainer, a fitness trainer for personal as well. He's a LA County lifeguard and he's a big sports guy. He plays a lot of sports and um the community loves him the members love him and he's learning the business and he does so much for me he'll end up taking over and keeping things while i maybe set back a little bit which i've been doing and keeping a little eye with less probably activity for myself other than my own workouts and training the people that i love so that's what i kind of see in the future Yeah. I think that I want to go back to the digital a little bit and the Zoom. I think the Zoom is great because you can see people. I think that a lot of people have learned that they can do a lot on their own, which is great. I see people with workouts on their phone. The problem is a lot of injuries because the trainer can't see you, the teacher can't see you, the person doesn't know how to properly execute an exercise they don't have an expert's eyes on them and i see a lot of people get injured and they think i want to look like that person so i'm going to do that but it might not be suitable for them and that's where the education and the modifications of a trained person comes in
5: yeah i agree and that's definitely yeah a lot of good things just laid out there uh with the online coaching piece yeah definitely the biggest obstacle was a beginner doing that and we can't give those tactile cues that we could in the gym right so like you've been alluding to, Lonnie, that educational piece, sharing that content, educational content, and trying to close that gap as much as possible, I think is great. Um, creating this business that you have, and now your son being able to eventually take it over, obviously it leaves a legacy in your area to last another three decades, which is awesome, right? And I wanted to ask you too, and obviously, sure, I'd love to get one of those, I'll talk to you after if I can order one from you somehow, sure. but um, Yeah. Love that you shared kind of where you still see growth now going forward. For like listeners, we have Lonnie that wanted to start a gym. You've been in doing this for decades. What do you think are just some keys to success? And you kind of just laid out a few in the last few minutes, but keys to success that have kept you guys going strong here for, you know, three plus decades.
6: Um, I think the things that I've learned over the year, for me, what worked was starting small. Yeah. And I wasn't, and I'm not normally a big risk taker. I'm a little bit better now. So not being afraid to jump in and expand a little bit. You've got to put out to get back. And you you know that means dollars, effort, all sorts of things. Open your eyes to what is really valuable that you think is gonna have quality that with long lasting. There's a lot of trends. There's a lot of little things that people love for the second. Oh, this is the best thing. This has made me more fit than anything. It lasts for two seconds because it's different. Your body's stimulated because something's changing, but there's a lot of things that aren't so good for us. So really having a smart eye to choosing where you're gonna spend your money and your dollar, your effort and your activities, not just jumping. I just saw a lot of the new stuff at the latest industry.
4: Yeah.
6: A lot of gimmicks like buying a weighted stick, you know, and doing and buying the program if you're smart and you know how to use your body you can buy a pole you can yeah. add that into a workout
4: right. but
6: to uh, jump in and invest your money on something like that so i think starting small being wise doing some research and not really knowing what fitness is all about for all ages
5: yeah longevity
6: yeah. i guess that would be a tip
5: yeah 100 and obviously it's, it's worked for you guys terrifically and Like you said there, don't, don't be, basically don't be risk averse, but still be smart, you know, and lead with revenue, like you said in the beginning. So, which is a hard kind of balancing board to walk on there, right? Easier said than done, but obviously you made a ton of great choices here and led to where led you to where you are today. And Lonnie, I think it's an awesome place to wrap up this episode. Where can we check you out? And for listeners, website, social media, anything else that you'd like to drop here so we can follow you guys along.
6: It's easy. Everything's Noble Fitness. NelbuFitness.com. Yep. And you'll find us on Instagram and on Facebook and our website. Same.
5: Awesome. Beautiful. I'll give you guys a follow after we get off here. But Lonnie, Jen, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. And we wish you the best of luck and continued success. Thanks. Got okay. It. Listeners, we appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like and subscribe to be notified for all of our future episodes. And until next time, Jim lords, we are out.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors.
8: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck. And joining us on the show is Steve Griffin from CrossFit Fire Pit out of Greensboro and Kernersville, North Carolina. What's going on, Steve? Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, brother. Hey, thanks. I'm doing well. Thanks. A little rainy on this end, but uh, I'm doing well. I appreciate it, brother. Awesome. Awesome. I'm excited to have you on, brother. I'm Excited. All I appreciate you giving some of your time to sit here and talk with me about your business, what you have going on. Um, Cool. Cool. So so you guys started about four years ago, correct? CrossFit fire
7: pit. Yes, sir. Uh, So Jody and Michael actually started out the gym about four years ago. Got it. Uh, Michael, Michael was actually Jody, one of Jody's clients. And then, um jody um had a business plan and often approached michael on it and it hit the ground running it was it did a that got a great you know they had a great uh game plan and it just took off from there it took i mean obviously anything in, in the world it takes a little time but you know oh. it literally took off
8: and, and so when did you come
7: into the ownership piece of crossfit fire pit so back in december well actually just before december i was living in charleston Uh, girlfriend at the time and we were kind of looking we were heavy into CrossFit as we still are we were competing quite a bit we were going to the gym but we had mentioned we had talked about looking for a gym in the Charleston area but it was so expensive you know out out in Mount Pleasant which is just I believe north of Charleston I don't know I can't remember exactly but so we looked for a while we kind of gave up because of the price and then Um, like I was saying before, we were, we went, we came to Greensboro to visit Jody. Jody is one of my uh, closest friends. We met years ago at a competition and we hit it off as best friends. And we were, I think, honestly, I think we were at, we were in dinner at dinner just kind of bullshitting. Whoops, sorry. We were kind of BSing and, um, Mm -hmm. Joe, you know, beforehand Jody for a couple of years had been trying to get me to come to Greensboro. But anyways, we were just sitting there at dinner and he's like, you know what, why don't you just, you two just move to Greensboro and be my uh, uh, coach over in Kernersville. And without missing a beat, I'm like, nah, I'd rather be part or equal owner. And he said, let's do it. So I would say within, man, I would say within, with less than a month, we sold our house, bought a house, bought into the business and was moved to, to Greensboro.
8: Okay. Okay, cool. And how's that experience been so far for you? I know usually when there's multiple owners, sometimes each owner's wearing a different hat. What mm-hmm. does that look like to you? How, how's that experience been the past, you know, six, seven months here? Um,
7: you know, with two locations, it's, um, I don't see much of those guys. I'll be honest with you. Um, really? We, uh, so Michael and Jody, they work out and at the headquarters of the main gym in Greensboro. Okay. Well, they're about 20 minutes apart, tops. But um I'm in the Kernersville gym. So uh probably about a month in, we we kind of recognize that we're not really seeing each other. Okay. And you know, phone calls, I hate being on the phone, texting is you know limited. So we came up with the idea of meeting every Thursday. So at cool. that point, we meet every Thursday for about two hours, we discuss everything, and um yeah, there might be some disconnect. But, you know, it works out really well. Um, the thing that we do, we even though we're separate gyms, we do share the programming. Jody um, okay. and I That's... both love the program for ourselves and um, for other affiliates and even our own gym. So we kind of went with the 12-week cycle where, you know, he'll take 12 weeks and he'll program for both gyms. You know, we have a leaderboard and we uh, have our, all of our stuff on sugar wad. So both gyms see everything. They see all of the members from both gym, gyms, and um, and then we'll rotate. Then I'll do 12 weeks of programming. And then we kind of go back and forth because I I think sometimes people forget that programming takes forever. It takes me eight to 10 hours to do a week's worth of programming. And I'm sure Jody's pretty damn close. So that gives that, that that owner or that person that you know extra eight ten hours a week to work on something else jody's a little bit better at sales than i am uh, so he's more on that um but you know we both are just busy full-time at the gym and then when finances we, t- we talk about finances every week we talk about with if there's purchases or bills every week so and then with obviously michael is in there michael was a business owner of something else and now he's a little bit more focused on the gym so um okay. truthfully i i really love the situation that we're in right now I, I think we all add something some value to the gym and we also a very different you know we have a different not idea because we all have that um want the same end result but you know one person might say let's try this and you know if it works great if not we move on so uh, i love where i'm at right now and i and it helps that my fiance is completely on board with this so um i can't i have no complaints to be honest with
8: you there you go cool so so you it sounds like you run the kernersville location the other guys are at the greensboro location Um, awesome awesome so what's like the big picture for you guys as of right now having two facilities Um, Are you working towards like a place of wanting to grow? Are you, um, you know, maybe trying to add more services?
7: Yeah, definitely. I think anybody that gets into uh, CrossFit or the gym, they want to grow. And yes, we want to grow. I think we could easily double our clientele. um, Both
8: or at just one location?
7: Both locations. I mean, Greensboro has a few more. I mean, like I said, uh, um, we have about 150 members I would say it's probably 80, 70, maybe 90, 60, 90 at Greensboro and okay. 60 at uh, Kernersville, but we could easily double that. Um, so that's our number one goal is always to move forward with that. Um, we are really pushing our new apparel, um, a company we own, uh, 321 Athletics. Cool. Uh, Michael is really taking on that role. So that's pretty cool um uh, i'm working on my own i uh, program for um athletes that want to compete and i also program for other affiliates um that seems to be the direction a few a lot of affiliates are going is that they don't want to program because it does take 8 to 10 hours yeah so it's easier to shop around so i'm i'll be pushing that and then Jody and I both are competitor competitors. We're high end master athletes, so that we're always both trying to make the games. And you know, every year it seems like I get closer and closer, but still fall short. So um, you know that too. You know, we're always moving forward. So yeah, I mean, it, it's uh-huh. it's just difficult. I think you know, it's just going from the pandemic or whatever you want the the virus into now everything's so expensive people are just a little timid so you know we have to be as business owners we have to be creative and we're trying that we we are and i think we're in the era now where you know technology is is at our fingertips we just got to be be ready to use it or be able to use it
8: right 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 um and and so as of right now what are the some type of things that you're actively doing to aid that growth process
7: well the biggest thing is is uh I mean, I listened to a few of your podcasts and I mentioned that is the one thing that I think that gyms grow the best and the best advertising is word of mouth. You can't, you can't beat that. I can advertise on radio stations. I can advertise on TV. It means nothing. At least I feel it that way. But when you have, I, you know, an example, I have a, a gentleman that's 71 years old and his front squats 305 And, you know, and he's telling his buddies that he's front squatting 305. That makes a difference. I mean, they're, you know, and he's, you know, he's 71. He's climbing. He owns his own roofing company. He's climbing up on roofs still. And he's showing his younger crew how to do things. That's advertising, you know, and he talks about it. And we have, we, we ask a little bit of our members to be a little more vocal on Instagram about, you know, what they do. And, um, I work with, uh, some individuals every once in a while and so instead of them paying you know me straightforward which you know I'm I'm not big on that I make them do an advertisement of their own about themselves talking about CrossFit and our organization I really think that pays off like I said if I get one person to see that article it pays it pays more than what that person would have paid me anyways so yeah And, and word
8: of mouth always you know super prevalent it it really shows like proof of product right proof of Mm -hmm. value the fact that that what you're doing is working for your members hard to scale though in my opinion right because although like let's say last month you were able to get 10 referrals 10 new members in through referrals you can't really guarantee that for the next coming months it'll be the same thing um have you been found a way to combat that
7: you know coming back
8: post pandemic
7: you know it's difficult um I When I took over Kernersville, I don't want to say the gym was dying, because that's not a fair statement, but it was very slow. Um, yeah. You know, Jody and Michael. and Michael at the time was still invested in his current, you know, his company, uh, this, his main company, and Jody's trying to run two gyms. I mean, any person that tries to run two gyms by themselves, I get my hats off to them because it's hard work. He can't be at both locations. Even with coaches, you know, having other coaches, it's still – the presence of an owner makes a difference. And he, it just was wearing on him. So, you know, right now, it's just a word of mouth. I try to get out, you know, I have, you know, um, I'm right next to a fire station. So we're over there every once in a while to try to convince them to come over. You know, we offer a discount for service members. Uh, I have a couple of uh, police officers. Um, I try to get in with them to either at least talk to the HR to, you know, offer, you know, show that, you know, we're offering a discount, but I think it's just beating the pavement, you know, the, quote unquote, beating the pavement, but it's yeah. just hanging on. I mean, have you ever I, tried any like, um, like digital
8: marketing, like Facebook
7: ads, Instagram ads? Yeah, we do. We try okay. to, uh, Michael again, he's the, he's the tech guy. I think he tries, I think he actually told me this morning, I think he tries to send out two uh, call them commercials a week. Uh, I need to be a little bit better at it, but I'm not a big, I mean, this is a big deal for me being in front of a camera. I'm not much yeah. of a camera person. So you're doing good. Thanks brother. I appreciate it, but um, I need to be better at it. Um, Catherine again, she does an amazing job and my coaches do too. I mean, they sell the gym as well as anybody. Cause you know, we were talking about this. I mean, I think, when you're, when you believe in a process, or if you believe in a product, you're going to sell it without even thinking about it. Right. And I really feel that my coaches are behind me on this. They don't want to see the gym go. I have amazing members. So, you know, it, it'll grow. I know it will. And we're, right. we, you know, we also do uh, what's called up launch where, you know, it's that uh, survey people, you know, Oh, I'm looking for something. It's a survey. And then we, roundabout way get your phone number or your email address and we approach you that way so we do that we do decent I mean it's you know it's basically um hit after hit you know you may get one out of a hundred I don't know I don't know the actual numbers but uh, we do that as well but I'll be honest with you the biggest thing is word of mouth and um and Instagram or our social media
8: so as a team are you guys each expected to market your own facility so like for you over at kernersville it's like okay you're in charge of your membership growth over here figure
7: out the marketing type thing absolutely absolutely because uh even though we're 20 minutes apart we are completely different de- demographics right right uh so what necessarily works for greensboro would not necessarily work at uh, kernersville so yes we absolutely i mean we do some things together uh we'll do community workouts where um one gym will come to the other gym and we'll promote promote the gym but that's just straight cross tip but actually to promote it outside of the gym yeah we definitely do a little bit different because you know it's it's funny because even though kernersville literally is 15 minutes away from greensboro or vice versa they don't like going to each other's town they can do all their stuff in one town so you know like we will uh i unfortunately I can't remember the name but it's uh it's kind of like a small festival in Kernersville, you know, we would be there, but Greensboro, but we would, you know, mainly be pushing the Greensboro or the Kernersville gym. Um, The nice thing though, again, is the idea of having two locations. If you were a member of one gym, you're a member at both. Okay. And At some point, Oh, I would like to have what uh, Greensboro's have. We have uh, in Greensboro, we have a wellness center as well. So not only uh, we are, uh, um, uh uh, ambassadors for driven um okay uh, so they have a nice small shop with every driven product there is you know all of their all of our t-shirts are hanging up nice and then we also have a full-time on staff uh massage therapist and um dry needling uh guy. And then we also have a physical therapist on staff that there as well. So as a member, you get a discount for um the dry needling and massage therapy and also the physical therapy. So at some point I'd like to have that in Kernersville. it, it just might be a, a little while. We're not quite there yet. So okay
8: okay. Awesome. So so as of right now, you know, at least you know wanting to see some rate of growth, um how many leads do you get on a given week, given month? you know, with the forms of marketing that you do, do the word of mouth, you know, the community. Oh outcome. man,
7: with Uplaunch, I feel like every day I have, you know, cause it goes through my email. I, every day I feel like I have five to seven people inquiring about the gym. Yeah. I take it with a grain of salt because some of the names you're like, okay, I know that's not a real name, you know, <laughs> inquiring about prices. So, you know, good leads, How easy is it to get them to show up, though, at the facility? I think it's more difficult than people think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The unfortunate part about CrossFit is people see CrossFit on TV and think that's what they're doing. Right. And the best analogy I give people about CrossFit is it's comparing uh, NFL football to Pop Warner. Yes, they're both football Yes, you're both on this on the field, but NFL is doing this. You're not doing it. You know, you know, I have, like I said, I have Kernersville Gym. I would say the median age is 40s, maybe in mid 40s okay. at the most. Okay. Uh, my oldest member is 71. I have my youngest member, actually, he just started. He wants to make the wrestling team. He's 15, but most of my members are, I would say, 40 plus. I mean, it helps that I'm 51. I won't say how old my uh, fiance is, but she's not far behind. But, you know, I would say (laughs) the problem is, is people that if they know CrossFit, they think or have seen CrossFit, they've seen it on TV and they're like, oh, I can't do that. You're right. Neither can I. But that's not CrossFit. Yeah. So, um, so that's right. CrossFit does
8: get a bad stigma sometimes. And and, it does. Right. And it is, it isn't always like that. People definitely overthink. I've done a ton of, not a ton. I usually try different, you know, type of workout classes during the summer. So I've done CrossFit a well and a really good workout, really good community. You know, everyone wants to see you succeed. So I love that about it.
7: Well, and that's the thing. I I mean, when you see CrossFit on TV, it's, it's all about that individual. And, and that's not, that's not the case at all in a CrossFit gym. It's, it's, I mean, yeah, you are working out, but you're, you're not, you're suffering. You're not suffering alone. If that, that makes sense because yeah, they are hard, but they're hard per the individual. And that's, what's nice about CrossFit is um, let's say that I have, I don't know if you know, do you know who Rich Froning is? I'm sure you know who Rich Froning is.
8: I have not heard the name.
4: We've okay, interviewed Rich Froning and Matt you-
7: are probably the two greatest okay. and Tia Toomey are the three greatest CrossFitters of all time. I mean, okay. If they're up to debate. I'll be honest with you. I think Tia Toomey is the greatest of all of them because she's going to win her six um, games this year. That's my prediction. But, you know, so let's say you have that individual in your gym that is the greatest. And then you have some mom that walks in and has never touched a barbell, has never worked out. If you have a good coach and your programming is on par not only are those both athletes going to have a great workout, you, but it, they should be challenging each other. That's the thing about that's nice about CrossFit is, is that, so you have a prescribed, we have what's called RX and scaled. If if you have these two athletes, the, the scaled athletes' time should be pushing the RX athlete to push harder, to beat them. It's all about time. We all know that. It's, most of it's about time. But not only is it that they're pushing each other, everything's scalable. If you can't do a pull-up, a great coach has five different ideas on the top of their head to get you to do some kind of stimulus close to a pull-up. Australian pull-ups, banded pull-ups, ring rows, whatever it may be, but it's all within their comfort level. Um, There isn't, in my opinion, there isn't a single thing that I program that I feel that a elite athlete all the way down to the very first time ever walking in a gym, that person can't do and everything in between. And that's, what's great about CrossFit. And at the end of the day, I, we were talking about this before off of off the camera is, and then at the end of the day, they hang out. We have a birthday party tonight. I want to say we have close to 70 people showing up for this guy surprise birthday party. What fitness um, g- business does that i mean you have all these people to wish someone a happy birthday and then they'll go back to the gym tomorrow and beat the shit out of each other and start all over next week so um so it's 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 all about the community crossfit is is all about the community i don't care what anybody tells you i don't care what people think um 99 of the people that go to crossfit will tell you it's about the community they become your best friends they become your husband and wife they become whatever it may be um i i don't think there's anything better than crossfit and i'm being maybe i'm being partial because i'm an owner and i'm a competitor but again the the people that are in crossfit and the nice thing about crossfit is it's also addicting i mean if you have an addicting personality and you're really trying to change your life crossfit's where it's at because it is addicting you know, when you look at a workout and you just crush your soul, you know, the first five minutes afterwards, you hate your coach and you hate the programming. But then (laughs) when you catch your breath and peel yourself off the floor, like, all right, I enjoyed that. I finished it and let's do it again tomorrow. Yeah, yeah,
8: exactly. Okay, cool. So Steve, so a question that I do like to ask here, I mean, if you had like a, a magic wand, so to speak, right, you just hopped into this business about seven months ago, at least being an owner here, um, if you had a magic wand, magic business wand, and you could tap your business, it would be in the exact position that you want it. What would that really look like to you?
7: Wow, that's a tough one. Um, what would it look like? Um, Excluding more members, you know, I think that's what we all want at the end of the day. Um, man, that's a good question. Uh, hmm. I think I'd like to be to the point where if I where I could step out of the coaching role so much of members and be more of in the coaching role of, right. of coaches and coach coaches. Okay. Um, there is a, a um, there is a avenue of doing that, but I want to do it out of my own gym. I want the coaches. If, if I don't care if you're from Washington, I don't care if you're from Canada, Canada. You come to my facility and I coach you. Um, I, I think we lose. I think coaches forget the one thing I, I feel that, and I don't, it's not as bad as I, I'm making it sound like, but I think coaches forget that we are a coach and we're not a cheerleader. And you need to be on your A game at all times. And I tell this to my coaches all the time they pay good money to be coached, they don't care and it sounds horrible, and I don't mean it this way, but they don't care what happened to you last night. They really don't. They care about you coaching them. right? So I would like to, I would like to at some point be at that point where I could coach coaches, not only to be a coach, but to understand that coaching is just not say pick that bar up, drive your elbows through faster feet, blah, blah, blah. It's about The personality—it's about how to approach someone. I'll tell you what: when I when I coached for the university, uh, um, when I coached for University of Wisconsin Stevens Point women women's volleyball, you you know, coaching men versus women, and this is not to be disrespectful, you have to know how to coach women. Where men, they just do grunt work. Go do that, okay? Well, when you coach women, there's a lot of factors that go into coaching women. And you have to be careful because how you approach one woman is the worst, could be the worst thing in the world. And what I mean by that is, is you know, you may have one female athlete or one athlete that wants to be yelled at, bang, bang, bang. And you have the next athlete that wants to be, I don't want to say coddled, but explained to. Dudes, just tell me what to do. At least that's how I feel anyways. I could be wrong. And I don't mean it that way but I think coaches need to be open to multiple venues and avenues on how to be a coach. Yeah. Personally, because even same thing with coaching members here, I mean, how you would coach an 18, 19 year old is not how I would coach um, my 71 year old, you know? Right. 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 But I would like to have that. That would be one of my things And also, honestly, I would love to be more, you know, at the point where my my programming, my online programming through the gym, would be a little bit better, and then I want more members. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I, I think anybody, everybody wants more members, right? But what's um, the biggest bottleneck
8: you think that's holding you back from that point of being able to see the membership growth you want?
7: Wow, um, partly location for me. Um, uh, we're in a smaller, smaller facility. Um, you know, when I, when I, when I was in Nashville, we were on the main drag in Nashville. I mean, it was, it was the busiest road of the day all day, every day, you know, the amazing location I'm, you know, I'm going to, you know, it's so Kernersville think of, uh, so you have Winston-Salem. If you go from West to East, you have Winston-Salem, you have Kernersville, and then you have, um, uh, Greensboro, they call it the triad. It's three cities right in a row. We are the smallest of the three hands down, uh, but everybody that's in Winston-Salem stays in Winston-Salem. Everybody in Kernersville stays in Kernersville. Everybody in Greensboro stays in Greensboro. So with me being in the smaller of the three cities, uh, a little bit different uh, geographic or uh, demographics, more blue collar, mm. um, you know, it's harder because, you know, our prices are the same across the board. So people kind of balk at it, but I I tell them we are below the state average for you know a monthly membership, right, right, and um and well below the national average, but you know when you have yeah, a- average sure. CrossFit gyms that I talked to charge like what 150 I believe. Yeah. Yeah, so I know, like when I was in Nashville, we were just under two hundred a month for unlimited. Got it. Seen up to two hundred and fifty, you know, in uh, the Vegas and New York area, we are at right about one hundred and fifty. Um, uh, service members are a little bit cheaper than that, so that's hard for people to to swallow, especially when you're a little bit older and you just want to get a workout in. I mean, but um, what I've always found because what i found is, is that once they're in there, they're hooked 99% of the time, once yeah. they're in there and they realize what the results are, they have no problem with it. It's just getting them in the door for about a month. I would say about a month, within a month, you know, that person is staying or going And nine, I'll go with 90% of the time they stick around, but it's just okay. get them in the door and we try everything, um, you know. We offer uh, bring a friend day on a Saturday so they get to come in for free. You know, we offer, every once in a while, we'll offer like a week pass for free, come in and try it in. Um, family members, you know, if they're, you know, trying it out, but it's just, you know, you name it, we probably tried it. And it's just, it's, it's tough. I mean, it, nowadays, you know, I feel that people don't, well, that's not true. I, I think that health is not taken as serious as it should be. You know, we, right. we know that being healthy reduces so many illnesses and problems, but we don't promote it. And I'll, I'll and maybe I'm overstepping, but I, it starts from the top. And what I mean by the top is our government, our oh, government yeah. should be telling us, hey, get your butt in the gym.
4: Yeah.
7: And, and it start. I mean, it, it, we all know everything starts from the top. If it starts from the top, it rolls downhill. And if you have a person that promotes fitness, it's just going to trickle down, but we don't, it's, Hey, just go to the doctor. They'll give you something or don't go out at all or stay home or, you know, and you know, that's why we are one of the more unhealthy countries and the most, and definitely the unhealthiest we've been in years, if ever in the United States. And it's scary. I mean, we don't, I remember being in school and high school and junior high, we had gym class every day. And I you know, I think there are some schools that don't even offer gym anymore, or if they do, it's like one or two hours, you know, and it's just a shame, you know, fitness is not promoted the way it should be. It's, it's more about what, what doctor do I need first? You know, and well, that, that scares me. And, and I do think that there are doctors that promote health, um, but I don't think enough of them do. I mean, that's, and I could be wrong, and I and I apologize if I offend anyone. But that's the truth. I mean, you know, if someone comes in and you know, are you working out? No. Well, dummy, get in the gym. Okay. So, okay. Okay. so, so
8: what what do you at least think you have to do differently, or might be something you should try more of, in order to to remove that bottleneck, right, and get to the point to to reach the membership number that you want?
7: Um, I've still been aggressive on the, the social media. Um, you know, you know, with the fall coming, I do think that with the fall coming, I mean, granted, we're only in July, but you know, yeah. it's just around the corner school starts. I don't know how, what it is for you there, but school starts in about five weeks. Same year. We'll see an increase in, in, in um, membership. Um, this area, a lot of people travel to the beach. We're only about three hours away from the beach. Okay. You know? three, four hours, depending on which direction you go. So we have a lot of people that take time off from there to enjoy being with their kids. So I do think we'll see a big swing there. We uh, um, we're we're talking about offering uh, a different style of CrossFit class. We're actually going to call it, I think, hybrid or Metcon. I, I can't remember what we had decided yet or if we have. But it's gonna kind of be more towards um, the moms or the people that have kids, so they can't be at the gym at 5:30 a.m. But they have to be done by three, 3:30. So we're thinking about offering this class right around 8:30 in the morning. No barbell, but dumbbell. Everything else CrossFit. You know all the movements, but um, excluding the barbell. I think the barbells. Um, Scares some women. Maybe right. more of them should happen. So if we offer a class that offers uh, dumbbell work, kettlebell work, more on the thirty-five to forty minutes long workouts, you know, obviously on the hit side, uh I think that will definitely help too. And then what what happens is when he offers classes like that. And then you have a CrossFit class immediately after and they start seeing other women approach, you know, coming into that weight or into that CrossFit class. They're not as intimidated. And and having female coaches will help. I have three amazing uh, four, excuse me. Oh, my gosh. Four female coaches that are amazing. That definitely helps. I think that takes a little bit of edge off of uh, the females. It's just you know we have to be creative, and I, I think we are. Um, the commercials help, or the Instagram commercials help, social media helps. Um, uh, Catherine is in charge. Uh, so, each of our gym, uh, each of the gyms have their own social media. So, CrossFit Fire, uh, CrossFit Fire Pit Greensboro has their own Facebook and Instagram, and then we as right. well. So, uh, Catherine's in charge of that. Uh, we post every day, we post something every day, and I'm not talking. Uh, uh, inspirational or anything like that we post a picture of a member or we post a picture or a video of our classes and then uh, tag as many as we can so we we do that we're we're on it every day Um, we are just I mean at Kernersville I think we're trying to fix some issues that we had from the past you know like I said the gym wasn't dead but it wasn't far from dying you know you know the members were yeah. low and and, and the, the, the wasn't the priority at the time but now it, they see that i'm there Catherine's there and the other thing that we were fortunate to um is Catherine, my fiance she has a master's degree in nutrition and we don't charge for any of the stuff that she does for them um we've offered uh clinics two-hour clinics She does one-on-one with athletes uh, and we don't charge that. And I think that's, yeah, you know, I could, but you know, again, the members paying good money and that gets out, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer. If you, if you offer something and in return, you'll end up hopefully get something in return in a good way. And I don't mean like money, but I mean, a good deed in turn gets a good deed. I feel. I agree.
8: I agree. And I think that's a pretty good place to start to wrap things up on this episode, Steve. But before we do head out of here, please give a shout out to your website, Instagram, Facebook, anything, just so the listeners can find some more info on you and your gym.
7: All right. Well, I have a few. The biggest one, obviously, is CrossFit Kernersville, CrossFit Fire Pit at Kernersville. That's on Instagram and CrossFit Fire Pit. Cornersville and Facebook, Um, both of those. We also have a website, CrossFit Fire Pit. Um, Please check us out on our 321 um, uh, Athletics. And then PTW, that's my uh, PTW training. That's my online programming. Uh, If you're looking for something at home, please check it out uh all of my uh offline uh, non-gym members love it and i hope you guys love it but uh i want to thank you for really taking the time kind of caught me off guard with the the message the other day that uh, you were looking i that means a lot to me i think i don't know who is more excited myself or uh, Catherine, about this but i really appreciate it and anybody that's ever in greensboro or uh, kernersville please drop in I, i think you'd really like it here Hey man, I appreciate you as well. We can't have a good show without guests, good
8: guests coming on. I appreciate so, that. So appreciate it. Right, Alex, I really appreciate it. It was awesome. I mean that. Yes, you guys. Steve Griffin, make sure you check him out. You guys at a CrossFit Fire Pit in Greensboro and Kernersville, North Carolina. If you want to see Steve pull up over there in Kernersville. Um, I appreciate you once again, brother. And as for the listeners here, don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until
0: next time, Jim Lords out.